0: Welcome to Probably Science. I am Andy Wood. With me is Matt Kirshen. Hey, hey. And Jesse Case. Hey, guys. And uh, I am actually out of the country. If you're hearing this right now um, in the first few weeks of November, which you probably will be, I'm in Nicaragua.
1: You are in Nicaragua. I'm
0: right now in Nicaragua hoping that I don't get uh, uh,
1: kidnapped or... Uh, venomous spiders. Venomous
2: spiders. This might be the last episode. This could be mm-hmm. it. Depending
1: yeah. on how your Nicaragua trip is I've been told
2: I shouldn't hey, be driving at very night. a pessimistic way of... Like, we carry on the podcast.
1: <laughs> oh, well, no, no. Obviously, you and I, but we would have to change the name or something. I, I think just Andy has more of the passwords, of the administrative... <laughs> <That's true. laughs> this is
0: the first time when I've proven my uselessness in this podcast because I was late, so I just told you my password of my laptop and the very few... Steps it takes to set this up, and no, you don't need me anymore. Now, <laughs> you start the recording. With change
1: probably. the password, man.
2: Mm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, so we, we should, I'm going to get straight into introducing our guest, because um, you might remember a f- uh, few months ago we did an episode with Jan 11, uh, the physicist who... I do remember that. You remember that? <laughs> you were right there in her house with a, with a recording, uh, who talked us through all things black holes and, uh, and science and physics in general. Um, and through Jana, I met these two people. Uh, Jana was working Caltech on a project. She was a theoretical physicist, and these guys are the experimental physicists who are actually involved in setting up the whole thing. Uh, so, um, Jamie, Jamie Rollins, and yes. uh, Larry Price. Yeah, thanks for having us. <laughs> Thank yes. so thanks so having for time. coming. Um, so you, you guys. Nice to be out
3: here in the valley. <laughs> yeah. It feels very exotic. Right. on yeah. the f-
2: On the official uh day of the year, the day after Halloween parties. Yeah, we, we were recording an hour later than we were planning to because f- a friend was involved in a car crash, and then while well, Andy went to try and help the friend, he was stuck in like behind three other bits of traffic caused by other Different car crashes. crashes. You know what, this yeah.
3: is a perfect segue into the question about the... In, in unbreakable object. We're going to have to come back to that. Oh, later. yeah. Oh, yeah. We into,
2: yeah. We, we Should we get straight to this? Because we might as well. Yeah, this we is in your wheelhouse. we um, Jamie and Larry's actual uh, work, we got emailed in um, a question by Tobias Stewart, who's a listener. um it was a physics question, and we were going to muddle our way through this ourselves, and then we were like, hang on a second, we've got... Actual, real, professional physicists coming onto the show, so it, let's.
0: And it's one of those questions that's it's so simple. You just go, well, whoa, whoa, because. But then you're like, well, I guess I don't have a way of actually. I yeah, I don't it. actually know. Like, eh, so
2: I'll, I'll read out the full question, and it's in a, it's in a couple of parts. Uh, so uh, Tobias says, "Hey, this isn't really a story idea, more of a sciencey question that I would like answered." So I know the so I know the reason we don't fall through things. The reason we don't fall through things is because of the electromagnetic force between the nuclei of the atoms. I have two questions. One: if you were to put enough pressure on an unbreakable object, could you overcome that force and pass through it? And two: if this force is so powerful, how come it only acts on objects when they are touching? Uh, from your mum. This is not actually my mum or any of our mums. <laughs> and
0: did you notice what the email address
2: was? I did not. So, well, oh yeah. Sort of now takes I can see Some see
0: credibility from the question. But, yeah, uh, I,
2: we won't read out, won't read a, out. S- an individual's full email address, but it does have the word boobs. Yeah. <laughs> hey, mine might have the word boobs in it too. <laughs> so that's the kind of listeners we have. Yep. We have. It is
1: weird that your middle name is boobs. <laughs> <laughs> I always thought that was unfortunate. <laughs> just weird parents. Lawrence it was, uh, boobs. Price. It was. It was. Yeah. It was tough
4: Doctor Lawrence
3: up. boobs. Price right. <laughs>
4: My
1: middle name is boobs.
4: You, you just call me Doctor B. <laughs> uh,
0: so, yes. Uh, is there an easy way of answering that question?
3: I would say that there's not. There's not an easy way. But I think... Okay, so the crux of the question comes from the fact that, um, you know, all of the subatomic particles are really, really small and that an atom... I think subatomic, is, even. Sub, subatomic, exactly. <laughs> and that an atom... Sort of takes up much more volume than the actual con- the the like volume of the constituent particles. So it's so an atom is basically you know ninety nine point nine 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 percent free space. Right, so then know, it seems like yeah. why shouldn't the particles be able to just pass through each other? Given the fact that basically all solid stuff is basically That's free right, space? Because I remember that
2: from school physics. Was it Rutherford's experiment with a gold like thin sheet of right, gold right. and fire? <clears throat> right. Was it electrons he fired through? He fired was it something.
3: Electron. To- yeah, he he fired particles at it. He, that was this discovery of the nucleus because he was right. firing things through it and then looking at the deflection as they as they yeah pass and the, vast the mu- and a
2: huge amount passed through completely unaffected. Exactly. That's right. right. S-
3: so that's the that's the that's the passing through unobstructed part. So so things can pass through. Exactly. Things. Subatomic particles. Subatomic can particles pass through. But I I think he's asking
4: about why solid things can't pass through other solid things.
3: I guess so. Um, right. though Thus, I do. why are there car accidents as opposed <laughs> <Right>. to just
2: <laughs> car pass-through? So was pass so another pass-through? Through. Right, why
3: do we need stoplights? Why can't we just drive through each yeah. other?
2: Like the thing in Ghost where he first worked out that he could walk through people. Yeah. You right. just feel like it's a sense that's of that's cold as you, drive, a- as you, drive, <laughs> you crash
1: through another car. It was sort of like a 90s 3D video game where you just sort of walk through another character.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. you know? that's, right. that's more yeah. of a glitch in
3: the Matrix, I think. <laughs> yeah. the,
0: the Duke Nukem theorem.
3: <clears throat> right. So I think... I think, So Larry and I had a, had a big discussion about this on the way over, because we were trying to figure out what's actually going on. Yeah,
0: because I, I think there are different
4: levels at which you could answer this question. Right, and right. So we'll, I, we'll probably go with the most basic
3: one. Right. Larry, was Larry the, the more theoretical-minded of us, wanted to get down into the quantum mechanics of it and e- stuff.
1: Explain it as if uh, the listener had boobs in his email address. <laughs> <laughs>
4: you could well, try to...
3: Hypothetically.
4: Hypothetically. <laughs> hypothetically. Well, we'll ignore... The how to break an unbreakable object part of the question yeah that
3: was a little bit of a nonsensical question sorry, sorry of, Mr. Come on, sorry, Tobias.
4: that was getting
2: more into philosophy then. yeah right that's right
4: I, mean, I appreciate the sentiment <laughs> but I don't know how to break an unbreakable object
2: yes. <laughs> by definition you by don't. definition <laughs> that's right is that because you guys aren't full professors yet
3: <laughs> yeah possibly possibly that's, right. that's, that's what it. they teach us in the last <laughs> okay. once we give us give the last like hundred thousand dollars yeah <laughs> it's the, like learning to about to Xenu the, and Scientology exactly, you don't get
0: that on day exactly. one you don't get on a yacht yet
1: <laughs> how do you break an unbreakable object hmm.
0: so given that it's not actually unbreakable
3: right could you so I, w- I i would I would say that it is mostly electromagnetic the electromagnetic forces so you've got the the in an atom you 've got the nucleus which is positively charged, and you 've got the electrons which are orbiting it, which are negatively charged, and so they're attracted to each other due to the electromagnetic force mm-hmm. but the atom on a whole is neutral so Because, you know, the positive of the electrons and the positive of the nucleus, the negative electrons cancel each other out once you're sort of outside of the atom. Mm -hmm. But then at at the very small level, the thing that's making the solids is actually the forces between the atoms. Mm -hmm. And so basically those the way that I would describe it is that those forces, the forces between the atoms and the solid object are strong enough that it's more favorable to break them. If you want to pass through them, it's more energetically favorable to break those bonds than it would be to actually try to insert something in between it. Right.
4: Well, to, or to bond with it yourself.
3: Right. Right. I mean, right. you've got to think that you know the thing that you're trying to pass through it has the same sort of properties as the thing in terms of – you know it's also made of atoms with – Right. positively charged nu- nuclei and negatively charged electrons. So you're basically trying to the nuclei know, sh-
1: being the the nipple of the atom, the, exactly <laughs> the <laughs> nipple, yes, yes. as you opposed to, to the
3: areola of the electron. <laughs> the negative you know, areola is yeah. very <laughs> negative, very
1: negative. But the nipple is a positive thing. Yeah, <laughs> yes. So Tobias, little uh, little layman's terms for you there. That's, right. I, uh, <laughs> That's a,
4: the, I think the second part is actually also pretty interesting, which is which is why if it's so strong, why it, why don't you feel it otherwise? Right, until you get right, right, close right. to it. And why is it act over such a small distance? That's right. And that's, and that's because there's this simple fact, which, which you can observe in everyday life, that um, forces fall off as a function of distance.
3: But right. it also has to do with the, the, neutral, the overall neutrality of the atom, right? Because the electron is canceling the... The negative of the electron is canceling the positive. So the whole thing is neutral, ultimately.
4: Right. But you're, not, but you're also not going to be just attracted to this thing from far away. Right, like you know, if you right. if you if you ever play this game with magnets, I mean, you know, like if you're a kid, right. actually, I still do it. But, <laughs> magnets you know, are fun. You can't <laughs> deny magnets no, are fun, fun to play with. They're but incredible, yeah. But you know, you, you sort of put two, you put box. one down on the table, <laughs> and you bring one up to it, and you kind of like, you know, how close can I get before it'll slide the other one? Right, You know, that's right. that's you you
3: have to. You have to be close.
0: It's exerting right. some force when it's 10 feet away, but not much, right? right? The, the
3: electromagnetic force decays as you go away from the source of the charge. That's right. Right. But
4: there are other forces, too, that actually, like the strong nuclear force, the thing that keeps um,
3: the nucleons n- together.
4: Yeah, it keeps nucleons together. You Nucleons being? The um, neutrons and protons.
2: The, oh, so there's uh, uh, no, there a are generic term the, n- for yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. It, it, the right.
3: nucleons are the things that are in the nucleus, so i.e., neutrons and protons. Again, this That's it. Right. like
2: from. Scraping my mind from back of the day, so I've there, never heard there are that four word. Four fundamental forces, right? There's the right. Gra- gravitational, mm-hmm. electromagnetic, strong, and love. and the weak, right. and, <laughs> and love. And the fifth force, love, There's peace, water. and understanding, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and Captain Planet. <laughs> right. so, so, what does yeah. which one's the weak? What does the weak force do?
4: So that's what causes beta decay.
3: Yeah, that one's the that one's sort it's of all, the weirdest yeah. one in some sense from everyday. The strong and the weak force are not things you well i don't know well, the, strong the force more exotic is, of the two yeah the four, i mean I it's say. it's
4: sort of it's 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 what holds quarks together to form neutrons and protons and it's it's in fact so strong that if you were to try to pull the quarks out of a neutron it, you would you would use so much energy that you would create quarks to right. make more neutrons to make two neutrons, right? So it would take so much energy to pull those things apart.
2: Oh, so the energy that you put only into come the in system pairs. would. <laughs> then, <laughs> the oh, so the amount of energy that you put into the system would would materialize as mass. That's right. Because basically, you, yeah, E yeah. equals mc
3: squared. Exactly. Right.
2: So you, you you would have to do that in order to. Uh,
4: so, this, so this is another case. The, of,
3: and, this, and the and the uh, the strong force is also an t- example of what you're talking about the decay with distance the strong force decays very rapidly with distance so that force is only active when things are really when the nucleons are really close together and once you pull it out then it basically doesn't see that right. force at all cuz you never you never see gluons Right.
4: That's why. I this don't. is why. This is why gluons don't exist. Sort of. Uh, just you never. You, no.
1: You never see gluons yeah. anymore. I mean, it's. Uh, you know, this, it's like uh, I just. Back remember in the day, It was a thing. Gluons, it was a thing. We Yeah. Down I was Magnolia walking down. around wearing my wearing my bugle boy. As far as the eye could see. <laughs> yeah. But you yeah, you just don't see it anymore. I saw one at a yard sale. <laughs> <laughs> um, now it's all times. faded and sad. <laughs> now um, this is going to sound like a really dumb question, but. Um, I have, uh... Which could
2: I, be, like, the motto for our podcast in Right, general. right. Don't worry, all questions sound like dumb questions. So. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. We're used to it. <laughs>
1: Perfect. Um, yeah, I have, uh, Poon in my email address. <laughs> um, so, this is a terrible question. Uh, now, um... Okay. Solids, liquids, gases. Those are the three things. Don't leave. Come back. <laughs> Come back. No, don't. Why are you leaving? Why... Guys? Guys! Uh, okay. Solids, liquids, gases. Um... Now we're talking about these the neutral atoms at least at least from an outside point of view, um, those are I'm so confused. The molecules themselves are further apart. Yes. Molecules being made up of atoms, right. The, the, right? Making the molecular structure, right? So the atoms themselves are just as uh, rigid in those so- three different states.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Yes, yeah.
1: Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. I mean, an right. atom is an
4: atom. That's right, right. But it's it's how the atoms are, are held together. Right right and so so the, the the forces that bind things together in these different states um yeah. so solids clearly have the strongest binding forces liquids a little bit less so right and
3: the binding force that that larry's talking about is that like between the atoms or between the molecules in the solid but what's determining that force um it's basically it's basically mostly electromagnetic too but it's like um this podcast
1: doesn't end until one of you says magic.
3: <laughs> <laughs> you want us to start crying about the fact that we can't even understand. That's right. That's right. Now ultimately. we're getting into chemistry, by the way. Yeah, yeah. yeah right. We're getting <laughs> out of our yeah. element here. Yeah, but that's on the <laughs> other side of the hallway. way. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so, like, you know, okay, I th- here, a, a simple way to think about it is you have an atom with the the nucleus and the electrons moving around it. And if you take two atoms... And sort of put them close together, you can make or some, you know, or you make a molecule of two atoms, then they can be sort of, they can have local um, attractive force due to sort of variation in the electromagnetic field around the atom because it has kind of a shape.
1: So and Adam cause, and Steve, if you will. Right. right. <laughs> yeah, right.
2: And okay. So, so, so <laughs> kind of in the same way that magnets have a north and a south pole, they'll, they'll be, they have local Kind of, yeah,
3: kind okay. of. And so like, like take water, for example, it has a a slight um, spatial electric field because of, you know, a, a water mo- is a molecule. It's not just a single atom. Right. And the way that the molecules arrange themselves is such that they, they have a little bit of, of Elect, like a residual for electromagnetic force that allows multiple of them to kind of
0: because of the together. way that the two hydrogens are kind of at an angle from the oxygen yeah, atom, exactly. like they're not lined up. A... That
3: causes the electrons to kind of move in a in a weird way around the conglomerate thing, uh-huh. and that sort of leaves it to be a little bit positively more positively charged on one side and more negatively charged on the other, and that'll allow two of them to kind of. Get so closer, what about
2: uh, when things, single elements that, that are, f- they're in solid, liquid, and gases? So like a... Uh, right.
0: But even an element usually has an elemental molecular form, like um, hydrogen doesn't, or oxygen doesn't exist as like free-flowing oxygen atoms, it's two, right, it's O2, like right. the, the molecule
2: is they two oxygen share electrons. Right? Mm-hmm. Like yeah. he, uh, helium, for example. Right. Is that
0: just on its own, or is that HE2 when it's, when it's helium when you have, gas? You can have liquid know.
2: helium and you can, have, well, helium doesn't, helium's inert, so it wouldn't Oh, well, it's an it's inert.
3: Well, that's a that's a sort of that gets into a different, right. a different thing. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, we're it's
0: squarely a, in the chemistry camp. Yeah, yeah, right. Right. We're so getting out of our element. We'll pull it here, back. But. We'll pull it back. Yeah. Well, is it safe to say to get back to the first question about passing through things? Correct me. if I could be totally wrong on this. So if you just go up against a rock hard enough that the rock breaks, you're just breaking bonds between molecules, is exactly. that, right? Yeah, okay, that's right. exactly. That's that's exactly. And right. if right. something happens that causes a chemical reaction that breaks thing apart, then you're maybe like breaking apart molecules. Yeah, you're but breaking you're, the bonds between the atoms, right. but, but you're still not breaking. You're still the not individual... breaking apart atoms, right? And that's what his question is, kind of right. So I guess yeah. that would no matter what, it would be easier to make break these other things than it would ever be to actually it break. It takes those. far less energy to break apart.
2: Yeah, well, the, the, the molecular the, the, bonds than to break apart the nuclear bonds. Exactly, exactly. Right. The chemical bonds in the
3: between the molecules is much weaker than the actual bond between the electrons and the n- nucleus. Right. Okay. Which and is I, which is how you get nuclear bombs. Right. Right. <laughs> right.
1: Because yeah, I think exactly. I think the question being if most things uh, are just negative space, why can't we just pass through just unchanged? Right. Why and that it,
3: is basically because of the the, the forces. that is basically because of the electromagnetic force. Yes. You have like the electron is this is just a tiny, tiny, tiny speck if you try to look at I mean, it, once you get down to the, really, the quantum mechanical it thing, it's like weird. Is it a weird. spec? Yeah, it's is weird. It See,
4: so yeah, this is why I, I, I won't get into the quantum mechanics. No, that's
3: I said
1: science rivalry, science <laughs> rivalry.
3: <laughs> <laughs> once you, but it's not, it's not like it's a little ball. Like, if you get down small enough, it's actually a little solid ball. It's not like that. Okay, well, you know, I don't, I don't really, really know why you, you get into, to look like, weird quantum field weird. theory. And you have a tattoo
2: on your arm that is... About the... Like atomic yeah. structure yeah and that's an exact to
3: scale to scale <laughs> exactly is that yeah. sort of the, yeah. the bohr
0: model of an atom is it, it is the bohr co- model yeah. of an
3: atom, but it's you know i, I don't i't don't, i'm not going to claim any sort of accuracy <laughs> the bohr model is sort of it's a it's a model it's not you know yeah, yeah. Right. it's not ultimately it's the a representation it works pretty right? well it does work pretty well um, but this also this this my speaking of my tattoo it also it's not just atomic. It can be, like, things that orbit other things, like planets orbit stars and stuff right.
1: like that. Mm-hmm. Of course. Of course. So, I guess, we're you talking about the electromagnetic force or pull, I mean, it, I guess... It, so, that would be the same way as space is space, outer space. But there's always gravity. Mm-hmm. You're always going to have temperature. You're always mm-hmm. going to have... There are forces at play, despite its negativity.
0: Well, you don't have... Temp- well... You need to have some. Oh no! Is that true? Do you have to have some sort of matter to have a concept of temperature? Don't you? Maybe. That's a
3: that's that's a weird question. That is a weird question. It's not. It's it's a very interesting one. Thermodynamics is definitely not my strong suit. Okay, but you need to (laughs) keep getting away. from Yeah, you need to have some something that is. Hey, you need energy. Right? Need, like it's just but uh, does that just
1: apply to you once it hits you
3: yeah but temperature temperature also you need it's not just you just you need to have a um a large number of individual things you need i mean temperature is you get into statistical mechanics where you have like lots of you, temperature is sort of about the average energy of a, an ensemble of things okay so you know you have this, this, you know, if you have one individual atom, there's not, you, you can't really talk about the temperature of it.
2: You can just talk about its energy.
3: You can talk right. about its individual energy, but I the thought temperature you meant just because it was like taboo.
0: Not in front of it. Yeah, not in front of it. Behind its back, behind yeah. it's back we'll That's talk right. about it. They make you take
4: an
2: oath <laughs> before you can get a PhD. Wow. So, so we, let's talk about your your actual PhD right. and your current work. And right. So you
1: work o- And I'm sorry about my my last analogy there. <laughs> I just uh, I just I guess negative space is um, force versus space can be considered two different. Uh, those aren't mutually exclusive.
0: What do you mean? What kind of force?
1: Uh, well, force can occupy negative space, like uh, such as like an electromagnetic. Field,
2: well, you can have a like
0: field, that. but it can't really exert a force but until like, it... I mean, a force requires...
2: Well, what like I'm gravity saying is, can act across a vacuum. If on that's what, like, on, yes, to, right. yes, on paper, right. if you were
1: looking at just a map on a subatomic level, my hand should be able to pass through this table.
3: Right, right. So, so that's Exactly, like exactly. that's, that's, why that's why true. That, oh, the, oh, the, what, what, what you're neglecting is the fact that there is a, a field, there's exactly. the electromagnetic field that's permeating that space. And that's actually... But that's a different looking map. Kind of, yeah. So, so yeah, what yeah, I'm saying yeah. is it's, I understand right. Boob's
1: guy's question. Right, 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 like, I understand why yeah. you would arise at that after a night of heavy milk drinking
2: or whatever, <laughs> right. whatever and, he and does. And there but, also is um, the thing, again, like, within quantum mechanics, where theoretically your hand could suddenly go through that table. Yeah, tunneling. If you waited long enough. And, right. and long enough is like many times the entire age the of the universe. Of the universe. Yes. Yeah, that's, Maybe, there's uh, a
3: word for that I called think tunneling? That he... Tunneling, yeah. That's the yeah. quantum mechanical phenomenon where you basically have... Um, you have like you have a really strong force that is preventing you know one particle from from pass from going somewhere right and that could be like the electromagnetic force that you have like some negatively charged region and then you have another electron that can't pass through that region because it's being repulsed by that force but quantum mechanically there's some probability that yeah the the particle could just spontaneously Exist on the other side of that <laughs> right. wall. Whereas classically, you you need
4: enough energy to jump over the wall,
1: mm-hmm. right? And, and it gets into quantum, the, quantum
4: mechanically, you can kind of tiny
0: statistical
3: right. possibility. It's, it's, that, it comes it, that is all a function of the probabilistic nature of quantum, right? Mechanics. And
4: the fact that you don't really have particles. That's, I because still if can't it's, wrap if it's not in. really a particle, right, then it's it kind of just Wait, parts what, of it leak out into the other
1: side. Right. Do you guys? Is is you guys' official job title ruining stoners' dreams?
3: <laughs> <laughs> that... No way, man. Bro, we're, bro, we're, we're building better stoners' Dude, we, <laughs> dreams. I, we have not even begun to blow your mind yet with the. <laughs> yeah.
1: Bro, what if my we're, hand could just pass <laughs> through this? Thing? Well, bro, technically, we I long can't enough. Know, can't
3: no, say. no, no. We're just breaking you guys down so we can yeah. build it back up into something even way more crazy. No, I'm not the stoner. I'm saying.
1: Oh really?
0: It's okay. No, no. It's am just okay. proxy, speaking on behalf of the stoners. No,
1: no, not not at all. I'm I was uh, a 17 year old me is quite embarrassed about the conversations I had at Waffle House. You know what I mean? Like, um, no, I've uh, seven years sober. Everybody, listening. Nice. Uh, That's impressive to me.
2: But
0: um, I, th- I I forgot to even give context for this question that he emailed, which I think is when we had Sean Carroll on, and he was talking to us about how dark matter. Not only can we not see it, but it would also pass right through us because it doesn't interact with us electromati- ag- electromagnetically in any way, including on right. that yeah, uh, atomic it, level. so we right? think.
4: Yeah, so there's there were so for a while there were two uh, candidates for dark matter, uh-huh. and they were called machos and wimps, <laughs> um, and I forget exactly Mass- so massive, massive something halo, object, halo object massive. objects. And so they and they were things like uh, like you know stars
3: that had burned compact, out or massive maybe massive compact halo objects, massive compact machos and wimps <laughs> right. are weakly interacting, weakly massive interactive particles.
4: massive particles, which which by their name they they don't interact but they have some mass. So. it seems
1: like a forced acronym on behalf of the science <laughs> community.
3: Yeah, no, I like know. I like it though machos and wimps. That's a great. Yeah, it's no, it's great. It's kind well. of a acronym. But which know? one it's did they think acronym. of first? And then they had to make the other one work. Right, right. Yeah, right. you know what I mean. I
4: think machos might have. I, no, I, actually, I would say
3: wimps were first, were and they then first? machos were. I don't know for sure. Uh, I'm just speculating. Yeah, I'm but not machos sure. are sort of machos are weird because it's the idea that all of the dark matter comes from basically like burnt out stars or, or primordial prim- or black holes, yeah, or planets or like like big things that we can't see, and they're just sort of sprinkled around everywhere whereas wimps are actually tiny you know subatomic particles which both that have mass which are equally weird right bro, to think guys-
4: that to think that most of the universe that we live in
3: is just not the stuff that we see yeah that's the, that's the certainly the really weird part mean, yeah. it's all kind of getting back to the blowing your mind yeah.
1: Part. Yeah. bro you guys believe in cthulhu <laughs> <laughs> Like the worst interviewer, ever.
3: break us down and build us back up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd actually like to discuss
1: my thesis, but dude. Dude, come on, Tulu. <laughs>
3: He's
1: gonna get you to look at his rash. Right? That's we don't do that, we're not those kinds of doctors. No, it's pretty bad, though. It's pretty bad.
4: It's cool. I'm not a medical doctor, but you should see one. <laughs>
0: Yeah, do you guys do Lovecraftian physics? Is that part of your <laughs> <laughs> work?
1: What, what school would that be a course at? Yeah,
0: At uh, Miskatonic University,
1: of course. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
3: We won't won't publicly admit to it, Yeah, but you know, (laughs) once we turn off the mics, maybe we'll have a (laughs) different conversation. Yeah,
1: Yeah, we'll look at the other tattoos. If if
4: somebody wanted
3: to pay me enough to consult
4: on such a project, I may or may not be available. I don't know.
1: Well, I heard
0: about, we talked about uh, nitpicking science movies a few episodes back, and someone emailed in to say that there was a consortium of scientists that started a company whose sole purpose was to be available to consult on movies, and they couldn't keep the business going because producers just didn't care that much. I I, I don't want
3: to spend the money on that watching that. movies I can completely agree yeah. that that must be true because...
2: but, but Sean Carroll did say he'd consulted on a I can't remember which film did it was Thor, a, two. Thor 2 and the subtitle
0: right. of Thor 2 is the dark something the dark like he was saying dark matter or energy does actually play a part in this new Thor sequel but he doesn't know how much of his advice they're going to take
2: yeah whether like he said this is what it should be and they went Thank you very much, Sean. And then like, the next producer just completely threw all of it. Yeah, but out. What, how could
3: that possibly matter? I mean, it's about a dude with a hammer. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, it he's a god, man. Why, did, why does physics apply to gods? It's, That's it's what insane. I want to know.
0: Well, we had... Uh, actually, we mentioned in the course of nitpicking Gravity, I mentioned an article where there was a film critic who was complaining about people complaining, saying, don't apply your rules That's to movies. meta, bro. Yeah, um, but actually, it was a pretty well thought out. He, he, if you want to look at our Tumblr, he posted a response thanking us for talking about what he was saying and admitting like he's not holding us to this standard because we're not film critics and also saying that like all we ask for in movies which I think is reasonable is that they stay consistent with the rules they create in their own universe yeah Yeah,
2: that's right that's all I care about in movies or have like don't have someone who is meant to be a scientist saying something that's wildly wrong. Right. right. Like, yeah. if it's a, like if it's a scientist saying, this is how the world is. Well, you know, it it funny. Well, it's funny. They, well, they just use a bunch of jargon, right? right.
3: It's the, the, the thing that actually annoys me, getting back to the Thor 2 thing and not to diss Sean Carroll, but like, I don't, it, what annoys me most is when they try to inject science into something like Thor 2 like just forget <laughs> don't even, it don't even it try yeah. it's just, gonna make me enjoy the movie less if they try to make Thor's hammer be like dark matter right. that's if it's just slightly that's just si-
0: if it's scientific yeah. enough that you yeah. want more yeah, but it doesn't deliver it just deliver. makes me
3: hate the movie immediately. Yeah, it's
0: when it's, when they decided that the force in Star Wars was actually due to these little particles, yeah, oh, oh,
3: God. God. Oh. That, was that, my, that my my childhood was just destroyed. Brutal. That was those, those movies were just that's right. But, but but again, yeah, like them. but Sounds why like George Lucas shot first? You know what I'm saying?
4: <laughs> <laughs> why criticize Gravity for science? when the story was so horrible ah, right? yeah, exactly. like, I
5: mean, Boom. <laughs>
4: at the end of the day at the end of the day it was actually kind of cool right. like I mean they they got some of the stuff right and it was terrifying as hell it was terrifying I, yeah, it, was it, just, was, it looked very yeah, pretty yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I hope that never um, happens to me Clooney. when I'm up there <laughs> how's, how's you got, you got your tickets again? to space <laughs> next week he's got his bag just as soon as he gets the final rubber band for the catapult <laughs> right
1: <laughs> Right, so you were before before a terrible. I made a terrible Cthulhu joke. Um, we were getting uh, mind blowing there, and I think that scared me, so I had to make a joke. <laughs> yeah. um, that's how my whole psyche that's operates. A um, mechanism. Uh, so machos and wimps. Now you're saying that dark matter is this is this theoretical. I mean, I know everything's theoretical, but is, has this sort of been? It's decaying, like you said, primordial. Well, huge things.
4: So, well, no. So, there. Right now, the favored model is Wimps. And okay. so, there's I, this. Again, this isn't the kind of physics I do. So, I don't. <laughs> keep, I oh, I'm sorry. I don't, I'm
2: sorry. Well, no, 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 I, I, no, I don't no, know no, no, Anything. No, don't
4: apologize.
3: A, we just have to say that. It's like yeah, uh, it's an, an apology. It's in like case, when lawyers
2: have to say like exactly. Religion. It's a
3: lo- it's it's a law thing. Right. It's, so so we're not. We would be disbarred from physics yeah. if we try to claim. <laughs> we, we
4: don't know. Well, I personally don't know the exact. Status. I mean, there were there were some claims of dark matter detection that sort of come and go, yeah. and whether or not they hold up. But there's there's a lot of experiments right now sure. looking for those things, and 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 they're kind of interesting because they're they're sort of agnostic as to what kind right. of particle. This but the might reason, be.
3: yeah. But the reason it's so interesting is that we see an effect out there in space, right? So we know something's going on, but nothing. Of our current knowledge of physics is explaining what it is. Okay. So that's why it's such an interesting thing to physicists, Great. because there's some big thing happening out in the universe, and we have no idea what it is. Okay. And so we have theories, and so we make experiments to look for these wimps in the hopes that we'll see something that'll explain it, but yet we have not yet found anything that'll explain is, it.
2: You guys are both experimentalists, right? You're, you're on the experimental side. Uh, Me more she, so than Larry. Jamie's an experimentalist. Right?
3: <laughs> <laughs> but we do work on the same mix. Ex- we do actually work on the same experiment. Yeah, on right. different we, aspects.
0: Which we mentioned sample. in the episode with Gen Eleven. That's LIGO, right? Right, right. Yes. LIGO.
3: Yep. Which is the y- Laser Interferometer Gravitational Wave Observatory. Not LIGO. Not, not LIGO. We dropped the we do- dropped the W. A, to there's make a hyphen. Yeah. Gravitational wave. What if
1: you inserted like a dash or like you you inserted like a slash and did like a a lig without? <laughs> you know what I mean, like a LIGO, like a.
3: Hmm. That's kind of true, actually, because it is a little bit of a laser interferometer without gravitational <laughs> yeah, waves yeah. at this hmm. point, because we haven't seen anything yet. What?
0: Nothing? Yeah, no, so, yeah. so the gravitational waves. Well, this waves... is
3: another example of what I was talking right. about. We have a theory where we think we there's this stuff that must exist according to the theory, but then we haven't actually experimentally observed it. And this, but, is a, this, this is a project
2: it. that's been going for decades, right? Not oh,
3: well, well, yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. No, that's true. Definitely. It was started in the like, well. It has a it has a kind of a long history. early nineties. Early nineties was when, was was when first the got right. It's a big experiment. It's like a roughly billion dollar thing that Whoa. the U.S. Oh, government oh, since then. Since, right. since, since, since then. yeah, <laughs> integrated, integrated, and um, the it, the the project. In its current form, essentially, was started in the early '90s. That's right,
4: but but, but there is indirect evidence that these things exist, right? The there's there's this va- very yeah. famous uh, binary pulsar. So, I mean, pulsars are neutron stars that we see in radio. Um, they they emit these pulses. So, so the way to think about it is actually they they emit these beams. Um, actually, and they're pretty broadband, so it's not just in radio. It just happens that we observe in radio for various mm-hmm. reasons. But there are these beams of radio waves, but they're rotating, so it's like a lighthouse. So when the light passes oh. in front of you, you see a pulse of radio waves. And so there's this system, the Holst-Taylor binary pulsar, that's been well-studied for decades— and it's it's actually it's one of these fantastic results in physics it 's the kind of plot that I think every physicist always wants to make because they they look at the decay of the orbit so they can tell by by watching these pulses uh-huh. and using um, general relativity to see how the orbit decays so these two pulsars are getting closer together they're getting closer and closer together, and so there's this plot um of how the orbit is decaying as a function of time, and it has these marks on it. So it's this, it's this curve with these marks, and it sort of looks like somebody fit a curve through those marks. But instead, it, like
2: it was drawn retrospectively. Yeah, right.
4: but instead, the, the 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 marks on it are the data points, and the curve is actually predicted from theory.
3: Right, and, 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 to, and to, uh, to footnote the um or parenthetical the 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 curve is the prediction from general relativity about how the decaying orbit of these this binary would decay if the system was emitting gravitational waves, which are the things that we're looking for. So gravitational waves are a prediction of general relativity, which is the the modern theory of gravity, that, you know, right. that the things in space cause curvature of space-time and that's what caused the gravitational effect. And then if you imagine like ripples in space-time due to you know these masses moving around yeah. that's the waves going away, you know being emitted from the object and
2: then the results match the theory like Perfectly.
3: very, very yeah. very, very I mean, tightly to,
2: to the extent that
4: I think every everybody would hope to just make one plot like that right. in their well career.
3: and in fact, they won the Nobel Prize for this plot, right basically, these guys, Holson Taylor, won the Nobel Prize for this plot because it showed that essentially this system is looks like it's emitting gravitational waves. So there's sort of indirect evidence that these gravitational waves exist, but we haven't actually seen the waves before. Okay. So that's what this experiment is, is to actually try to d- directly detect those gravitational waves by having seeing the interaction of the waves with an um, so th- experimental apparatus. So
2: the theory predicts it, and this pulsar result... Sh- Fits the theory, fits right. the results you'd expect right. from that theory being true. Right. So, but you still haven't seen the actual right. waves themselves. Exactly. That's, so that's the right.
3: theory is is all of our um, motivation for building this billion dollar device. Basically. Okay.
2: So, so what you've
0: detected so far is not in nothing. Is, is not gravity waves, <laughs> but ra- just in the in radio in the radio band of the electromagnetic spectrum. You've seen. The pulsars exhibit this behavior, and you're just hoping to also see it in terms of waves of gravity. To, to right. see
4: the actual waves not interacting with our experiment, right? Ha- so, yes. Why is it
0: not enough to have the radio waves showing? Well, it,
4: so, that, so that's a good question, and I think uh, it's it's sort of interesting because a lot of astronomers, I think, would argue that this binary pulsar is a direct detection, and that's I I don't I don't I personally don't want to touch
0: on it's that. It's bullshit.
3: <laughs> <laughs> it's not a direct detection. It's not. A, it's an it's an indirect
4: detection. Well, it's they they see the effects yeah. of gravity waves is the argument. And we what we really want to see is the gravitational waves interacting with the apparatus that we built. Right.
0: Which we described in Jenna's episode, but could you guys describe the actual layout of this thing again? Sure. Like how- so it's, yeah.
4: it's an interferometer, which means we use light to measure... Um, changes in distance so it's this big l-shaped thing
3: that's so that's it, sort of the meaning that's what an interferometer is so it's, it's like light... the
2: interferometer that i have at home but much <laughs> yeah, bigger. just like your
3: normal <laughs> yeah, yeah. your normal everyday yeah. house interferometer right. but bigger it's Should not
2: we... a consumer grade
5: one
3: <laughs> yeah, you know, it's, it's no this like, is more prosumer it's, yeah, yeah. yeah. it's
4: kind of like your flux capacitor right?
3: okay. it's a little si- no yeah. um but interferometry is the u- is specifically the use of light to measure distance Changes very precisely. That's
0: okay, so is. you want to see how gravity waves passing through this long thing could t- minusculely change its length by, exactly. by bending space time right. temporarily.
3: Exactly. But these are exactly. small. So here's yeah, the here's, changes are really small. Here's a few numbers.
4: Okay. Yeah. Right. So the changes in length we're, we're talking gonna, about.
3: Here, this is the we're going to blow your mind. Yeah. Now <laughs> we're going <laughs> to blow your mind. Blow. Mop ready. Yeah. We're, talk- we're
4: talking. We're <laughs> talking on the <laughs> order of. So the thing that we measure is it's we call it strain. So it's the change in length divided by the length.
3: Of, of one of the arms, right, so the arms of the interferometer are four kilometers or two and a half miles Jesus. long, so it 's a big device right and it's, so it 's in an l shaped and so then you can measure in both
2: directions perpendicular to each other well
3: that's the actually the effect that we 're looking for is is a is the perpendicular effect so it 's the fact that one arm is going to get a tiny bit smaller and the other arm is going to get a tiny bit longer right and right. the and the tiny bit is
4: is this strain so it's this, it's this delta l over l and the the sort of our sensitivity is of the order of 10 to the minus 21, which if somebody, if somebody says a number that small to you, you should, you should look at them twice and, you know, look deep and see if their pupils are dilated and what's going on because it's a very small number, right? So just, just to give you um, some perspective on what a crazy number that is, that to get, to get a delta L over L of 10 to the minus 21, that's, that's a delta L... Of like 10, 10 or twenty micrometers, which is the width of an average human hair, and that L is about four light years, which is the distance <laughs> <Yes>. to Alpha <laughs> like, Centauri, God. which is the first star that's Holy like shit. outside of our galaxy. So this is so. So you should you should be like, oh shit, yeah. man, I don't
0: believe. Here's another. Here's another. humans can even t- find. Yeah. yeah that, so
3: here's another. So we we're looking for. So if you, if you turn that, that strain into actual motion of the, the mirrors that are in the interferometer that we're probing with the laser, it's basically 10 to the minus ni- 18, 19. I mean, in advanced LIGO, it's more like 10 to the minus 19 right. meters. That, so we're looking for a change of the length of this arm to be 10 to the minus 19 meters. Okay. That's, so let's think about this for a second. The size of the nucleus of an atom uh-huh. is roughly... Again, this is kind of this weird thing that you're talking about. They're not they're not actually balls, but we think about them as like the size being about ten to the minus fifteen. Meters. Oh my god! Wait, that's, <laughs> okay, that's so an electron. Is, that's yeah. not an
4: atom. That's an electron. Well, that's, that's a four, four radius. Right. Of a, that, that's <laughs> like
3: a right. That's like a the size of the nucleus essentially. And so this is like four orders of magnitude. So, uh, a thousand. so ten thousand times smaller than the nucleus of an atom is the distance that we are actually measuring with this device. So over the so,
0: course of this four kilometer long rod, you're hoping to see it change its length by a ten thousandth
3: of right, by ten thousand times smaller than one atom. Right. <laughs> right. And and this this fact blows my mind continually i've been working on this experiment for 15 years roughly and whenever i talk about this it still raises my heartbeat because it is so weird that we can actually do this and we have done it we've measured distance changes this small
2: so what what is the equipment like i mean obviously uh, there's a lot of very complicated equipment but at its heart what is it that's that you can use to measure that accurately. Right. So it's it's it's
3: the light, it's the light wave itself that we're interfering. So basically the really roughly the way that the experimental apparatus works is that we have a laser and it's a very, you know, we've we've the laser is emitting of this very single frequency of light. So it's very, you know, we do a lot of work to make this light be very very just one wavelength. And then we shoot this into this interferometer and the light travels down the two arms. Mm-hmm. It goes and it bounces and it hits mirrors at the ends of the arms, comes back together and then interferes with itself in the middle, right? So basically what you're looking for is the slight the fact that one the the light going in one arm has had to travel a slightly different amount oh, of distance okay. than the light in the other, and Sweet. because essentially because we've stabilized the laser light so well, and we've uh, tried we've done a lot of work to get rid of all of the you know other noises that would contribute to masking the signal. When these when these two light beams interfere with each other, we can very Precisely see how well they're interfering or not interfering. So it's just in two
2: waves going in and out of phase, a, a tiny yeah. Way. Exactly. So, That's so exactly a, what so it is. is
1: a, this is a non-smoking
3: lab. <laughs> <laughs> Very much so. Yeah. We wear, in we wear yeah. We wear bunny suits when we go when we when we actually go into the whole thing is in a vacuum and it's all you know seismically isolated and we so try it's to protect like that whole, bit in the chocolate factory with Mike TV. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> yeah. Wow. And so we, we, we and there's moral stories about bad.
1: Children, <laughs> <laughs> wow, yeah, that is a. Uh, so, how much
0: if you find one of those? If you find find a perturbation on that level, will it result in just uh, a fraction of a wave? What is the wavelength of this frequency?
3: Uh, it's up? one micron is the is the wavelength of the laser light that we use. Great, so but it's
0: nowhere near small enough to see. Right, it, so
3: we're so we're just looking for you know. J- yeah, I mean, wow, I haven't thought about it. but the the fraction of the fraction of the wavelength, so, that's I mean, 10 to the minus... Even that,
0: it wouldn't be like you'd see two waves 10. that are overlaid that are very obviously different. It would be even the subtle difference between those yeah, two. Yeah,
4: that, that's right. Because, I mean, it's, it's really arranged so that... It's 10 to the minus 12 of one the, wavelength, right. roughly. Oh, yeah, Jesus. That's right. So, the, the light from from one of the arms is sort of... is on a peak. Yeah. And the other one's on a trough, so they should completely
3: cancel. Right. And right. That's,
4: that, that's the basic idea. So, so, that, so, so, far, that, you know, so if you get so any non-zero when,
0: zero, when it comes back, right. then that means there's something. That's
3: yeah, I mean, basically, so far, what we've observed... Is what we see what when we when we look at the data, what we're constantly seeing is noise. It's just like a hiss. The the, the instrument is actually you can think of this as um, like a microphone in some sense. It's it's not it's really kind of the analogy is is actually pretty good to a microphone the way you pick up sound sound waves and so and it is in the audible f- and, and it is also fre- interestingly enough the, in the audible
2: the frequency gravitational range. wave right.
4: frequencies that were sensitive which to, is what jana
2: or, was talking about when we talked to her she was talking about you can actually listen to black hole like when was it two black holes colliding right or, orbiting. or, orbiting, yeah, yeah, or yeah. even orbiting around each other you right listen, so you can hear that noise yeah exactly yes. so jana
3: jana works on the sort of the theory about what what the if you had black holes that were emitting gravitational waves, what would they look? What would the signal look like? Right. And then we, you know, basically try to listen for that signal in our detector. And the detector is just like a microphone and we just once once we think it's in a good configuration, we just sort of turn it on and leave it and let it listen to space. And what we hear all the time is just noise. So it's basically like if you just turned on a microphone in an empty room, you just hear this hiss. That would be the sound of the wind in the room um, or the electric noise from your amplifier pickup mm. you know just the sort of that's all yeah, the noise that we home. end up hearing Ex- except yeah. it's
4: it's a little more complicated than that because it's not just a hiss and this is what right. this is what complicates bro the detection. just
1: put up some fucking egg crates man yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
4: that's, exactly. cool. and that, that's that's effectively what we try <laughs> to do yeah. but if it in fact if it if it was just a hiss um trying to find these things would be a lot simpler but instead there's there it's a uh, it's non-stationary, so there there are these transients that come through,
3: right? So just you know, like it's a like, train like will come and, like, by. Imagine in a mic, the like clicks and yeah. right. So you it's know, not just. Like so that. it's
4: maybe like a hiss for a little bit of time, and then you get these clicks at just random intervals. And so because of that, you the the way that you look for these things is a lot more complicated because it's not just some random. If it is just some random hiss, it turns out that. Uh, the algorithms that we use to search for gravitational waves would be a bit simpler, but in fact, because you know somebody walking down the hall or jumping up and down in the control room, or you know the trains that come by, or the waves hitting the Aleutian Islands, or airplanes overhead, right. and things like this, all all register North Korean missile tests or right. just what, whatever is going on
3: in the world, right? Right. I mean, it can
0: cause those clicks, those none. Right. Right. I mean, we're Consistent. trying to we're
3: essentially trying to isolate the the instruments from any external thing you know the whole point is the i mean the whole point of any physics experiment is to isolate the the experimental apparatus from everything else in the world except for that one effect that you're trying to measure and that's what we're doing here is we're trying to basically set up this thing where we're bouncing the laser between the mirrors but we're trying to isolate that system from everything else going on in the world and you know the thing that we're and there's a there's a bunch of different things that we're trying to isolate it from you know anything that could be producing noise in the audio it's, frequency it's, so the band
2: essentially puzzles me that um you're, you're measuring this distance and extraordinarily <clears throat> extraordinarily sensitively uh isn't the distance between two objects constantly affected by things like temperature and.
3: Yep, absolutely. Those are all. These are all the things that just limit our ability to detect. Mm-hmm. So that that's what limits the level of the hiss, the, like the you know the amplitude of that hiss. Right. And so we do the whole the whole from the what we call the instrument science side of things is basically just trying to figure out how to. Suppress those those noises, or you know, and they all come from weird things. Like, think about you know, the mirrors themselves are not at absolute zero, so the mirror you know the mirrors have a temperature, right? It's what we were talking about earlier, and that the temperature means that the atoms are moving around. Well, how the hell are you going to detect? Something, a, a distance change of, you know, 10,000 times smaller than the size of the atom when the atoms in the mirror are moving around themselves, right? God. And so we have to think of all of these clever ways to basically average out all of the, these temperature fluctuation effects. That's actually the tricky, the temperature fluctuation effects are probably the trickiest thing to suppress in the detector. That, that that we have an ultimate limit, which is that there's a hiss associated with the fact that the mirrors are warm and that they're, they're just vibrating a little bit. Do
2: you do you ch- do you cool them down quite a bit? Like a- we don't actually, we're Ooh, currently
3: yeah. not cooling them down at all. We just operate them at yeah. room temperature, but they're in a vacuum. But the next, what you know, we're, we're we're even though we're still trying to detect them, we're we're also planning ahead to how we would improve the detectors in the future and. We've the the current idea is that we would cool them down to you know.
4: I think the the Japanese
3: and the Japanese are building is, a detector, and they're gonna cool they're gonna cool their, Yeah, that's, gonna make it that's
4: supposed to be their innovation
0: to right.
1: add to it. Was right. trying to be cooler than us, Japan. Why? <laughs> What's the deal? And now has this um, and obviously it wouldn't be to the same uh, size, the same scale. But has this been considered like in space? Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, uh, that's actually
4: the the stuff that I worked on for my PhD was was more sources for this this space-based thing called LISA.
3: Yeah, there's actually been Um, a proposal and a whole design, and they've actually started prototyping how they would make the same sort of detector in space. And the the crazy thing is in there is that they want to make the arm, you know, I said that the the arms of the detector on Earth are two and a half miles long. Right. Well, the proposal for the space-based detector, the arms would be a million miles long. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. And you wouldn't need a physical that's a million miles. So they would basically need a
0: physical connection between them, you would just need things. You need the light connection. So you
3: basically have you you send up some spaceships and each of the spaceships has these like light so it's, d- it's you basically build something like an interferometer in space, and you shoot the laser beams between the spaceships, but the spaceships are a million miles apart instead of two miles. Right. And so okay. you can be so you're not, way You're not more building a physical rail. For no. This no. no. So, but, you can actually just shoot it through s- right. free space. But you, but, so but that's many Chinese actually, people.
4: That's actually a problem, <laughs> because when you... <laughs> when you when you send the light out over such a distance like that it starts out small but it spreads so much right. and the light that you you sense at the other end um is just some small fraction of what was sent out so actually you have to you kind of have to capture that and capture that phase and then resend that out
1: yeah. so it requires more energy on the other end it yeah. just yeah. requires Focus. being a lot more How clever. can the dolphins help? <laughs> yeah. There's got to be some way.
0: So then would you have to be really precise with the relative uh, – with the distance of those? Or would you just know – it doesn't matter if they're gradually yeah, that, drifting apart because – That's
3: actually – yeah, that's a, I, that's a very, very good question. It, Thank you. Well done. Out, it turns out that you don't have to be so yeah. with so the distance with the distance. Yeah, so the way that things. they were going to operate that um, – so it, the, the ground-based detector, the way that it works is that we actually – we we do, the the di- the difficult part of actually building the ground based detector is we build this crazy control system this feedback system mm-hmm. to keep the lengths of the arms as as best we can to be exactly some distance and then we measure the slight deviations from that. Yeah. Well, in the space based one, they can't really do that. It's too hard, so they just kind of let the whole constellation of satellites would just kind of breathe as they like orbits the sun, mm-hmm. and so they wouldn't stay the same but they have this very clever like readout technique that they would use where they would just sort of null out the fact that the instru- the, the actual satellites are kind of drifting they would just in subtract that extra distance well, yeah they the, would yeah. if
4: you if you i mean it, so there's there's three satellites
3: and if you you know so there's
0: they would all be in there's, earth there's, orbit or some? no they'd well, be, they were well, actually going to be in they, solar they'd, solar they'd orbit, be
3: they'd yeah. be in the same orbit as the Earth around the Sun, but just sort of well, they'd be orbiting around the Sun at maybe a Lagrange orbit. point, yeah. so that they don't. I mean, the the, the
4: thing that would keep it t- that it would be in space for as long as. These things didn't drift apart. That's the, actually the thing that would limit the mission.
3: Dude, if you're going to use words like Lagrange point, you're going
4: to have to, <laughs> and if you're not have to explain what that means. If you're Larry, not
0: referencing ZZ Top, you yeah, better be right. telling me <laughs> what you're talking
4: boobs, about. Boobs, Larry. Boobs. I'm pretty sure Boo- it's LaGrange. boobs. <laughs> I, won't, I won't tell you all the other words that are in my email account. I think
0: I, so I have LaGrange? heard La, Lagrange, but it, Lagrange we, boobs. I forgot what it referred to. It was some something in some class.
1: That um, that's, yeah, uh, sure, well, surely that would contradict the Planck constant, the Planck's constant uh, law <laughs> of. Keep going. No, keep going. Yeah, no, no, no. I got. No, no, no no that's all
4: I got. you're building dreams man no it was in the it was in the <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> wait so what, but things, I, I think we, we probably can't expect no it was in the index of a Stephen
1: Hawking book <laughs> I just read the index and there's a lot of big words. the Planck's constant that's the thing that is, that that is, is a thing, thing right yeah, a yeah, thing. Yeah. Okay. yeah yeah yeah. Okay, yeah but that's as far as I get yeah Okay. I don't get it. Would and you
0: want it, to avoid shooting these things through the sun because as you get closer to the sun, it would west mess with the uh, spacetime, well, you, with the gravity of you, the. You want uh, to yeah.
4: find an orbit where they can basically be stable, so they're not. So they're not being. I mean, since these things are so far apart, you don't want one of them being pulled by Jupiter so much right. that it gets sort of, um, you know, sucked out and
3: within right. yeah. I mean, or something you, like you that. You can't. You sort of. You. You deal with the fact that they're drifting sort of away from each other and closer to each other. But you do want them to sort of maintain roughly their distance. Yeah. So the way to do that is to basically have all three of these satellites orbiting the sun in roughly the same way, which kind of keeps them all roughly oriented in the same way relative to each other. Uh That's right.
2: And matter. And that is a Lagrange point. Lagrange point.
3: Is uh, the point the where Lagrange it can- points. It's a go, Larry. Go. <laughs> <laughs> you you, do, you brought this upon yourself. Yeah, I brought this upon myself.
4: <laughs> no, it's 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 just it's just basically a place where this can exist stably right. for as for as long yeah, as this it possibly orbit. can, yeah, where, a, yeah. where where it can maintain this orbit for as long as it can, because you know things in space get pulled gravitationally by all the other things, and so if you're not at a special point, then You know, either you'll just wander off or maybe, you know, into the next big object or sure. whatever and okay. so th- this is this is
1: kind of a place where <laughs> like how, how idealistic uh, Lagrange was <laughs> it's like dude, it has to be in a special place you, know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you got the right act yeah, yeah that's <laughs> it great. must be in a very uh, this, this
0: he's is... smoking he got a
1: Lagrange <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> La um, beat poet physicist <laughs> yeah. yeah. that's exactly. right but it's the safe place where <laughs> it can just you know interact freely and the lasers can just uh, <laughs> now he's getting German a little bit uh-huh. I know. No, I always switch. I always, it always switches over. It's a
4: European accent. Yeah, it's a
0: vague <laughs> European accent. Oh. We, our, one of our first hosts, who's now moved on to Greener Pastures on SNL, uh, was the king of uh, committing to a somewhat racist accent <laughs> and then having it just decay into a German accent. Eventually, <laughs> it all became German. Oh yeah, so yeah. So Look
2: forward yeah. to that in uh, future episodes, <laughs> right? And, uh, yeah. Oh yeah. I didn't. That's I didn't gonna... even know I uh, took on that trait.
0: I mean, you uh, filled that that hole.
1: Well, no. The thing is, I just woke up doing it yesterday. I think it's like a cursed
2: spot—the third co-host spot. You, you woke up doing accent. I just woke up doing accents like that. Um, you're, you're doomed forever to be slightly racist on our show, and then get on SNL. I'm on SNL. Mm-hmm. Sure. Is I, that what it takes to get on SNL nowadays? To be so. slightly you have to be racist on a science, on the science podcast. <laughs>
1: um, okay. So the, the uh, let me go more macro, if I may. The please the, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that was simultaneous as well.
2: <laughs> go macro. Let's get that macro. was the physicists. Please
1: um, the theory of relativity itself. Mm -hmm. come back guys stop leaving (laughs) stop you're always getting up to leave Uh, I'm just going for the
3: Pringles man
1: (laughs) Um, the theory of and I've always been sort of confused about this Um, I mean it obviously keeps getting proven over and over but is it simply is it more predictive or is it more of a formula of what's already happening because you were talking about this plot that was drawn out right um, you're asking was it did,
0: did relativity come about because of experiment experimental uh, detection of something or was it all theory then the experiments later proved it to be I'm true I'm pretty sure it's the latter right oh. Yes. No, we're
3: no. going to get into scientific method uh, here like this I,
1: well no but I would I just mean isn't it 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 seems like a very universal rule Right
3: so this is I mean, But it wasn't it wasn't initially obvious cuz the the effects of it are kind of are subtle, essentially. They're, yeah.
4: I mean the the first thing that Einstein actually got out of this, I mean the 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 thing that really I'm
1: sorry I'm so stupid you guys but made the way. <laughs> him
4: happy about it is that there's there's this weird effect in Mercury's orbit that can't be explained. So it's 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 a precession. Right? So if the if all the planets orbit on ellipses, these ellipses actually rotate. Mm-hmm. So Okay. There's there's this anomalous precession in Mercury's orbit, and this was, I, Einstein I think was sort of independently thinking about these it's not things. Ju- it, it's
3: not just that, but that, that was one. Well, there that was, there was, the, was a multiple multitude of things that were coming to well, bear. To
4: that was the biggest thing, I think, that no, sort of dude, gave Michelson him... No, Michelson-Morley experiment. Michelson-Morley experiment <laughs> was this. independent of special relativity. <laughs> it was, no, it was no. something that... What are you it's talking, talking about?
3: <laughs> about? The Michelson-Morley experiment now, Einstein, directly... Einstein did, did not know about it. He literally put his
1: hand through the other guy's head and it just <laughs> just went through it.
3: That's okay.
1: <laughs> Einstein added
4: a footnote to his paper in proof about the Michelson-Morley experiment. He was the thing that the thing Wait, that inspired, your claim is that
3: my Mi- that Einstein did not know about the Michelson morley Yeah, experiment? until
4: late in the game. The thing that inspired special relativity this. was this um, was Faraday's law, right? And this is this is there's actually this really subtle thing that I think it it goes past a lot of students and was certainly lost on me until you know much later. But well, by all means, explain it to <laughs> us.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we should be okay with this. That's
4: right. <laughs> Pretty sure I'll grasp it right yeah. away. But there's a, there's this there's this uh, Faraday's law that you know changing um, magnetic fields create electric fields and vice versa is is a very so Faraday, Faraday had done this experiment where you take this coil of wire and you move it through a magnet and that generates a current in the magnet. Mm-hmm. And then he repeated the same experiment, holding the coil fixed and moving the magnet
0: and do some an electrical
4: right,
2: okay. and you get the or same result right. and this is the f- principle that all electric motors and generators work on
4: yeah basically yeah that 's right but the but the fact that the fact that these two things are in fact the same experiment. Is essentially what led Einstein to special relativity. That, I think well, that, that was the that was the fundamental the fact that
3: right that but that moving one yeah but and the precession of Mercury and the Michael well, Morley experiment. And you're like, you're confusing special and general relativity, oh. which are
2: different.
3: Okay, that's I that's true.
2: Do that. That's yeah. true. It's no, like, no, no. But, 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 but let me just say uh, the, the, the ultimately the point.
3: It's <laughs> tough. It's <laughs> tough. But ultimately, no. the ultimately the way that I would say it is that ultimate the basically the 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 history of science is in the scientific method is essentially that you have some effect you don't understand why it's happening right and so you do some experiments to try to suss out what's going on sure that leads to theories that that to explain the effect that you're seeing right Uh then the theories predict other things that should be happening. And then you go and look for those effects. And then you, you, you either see something that confirms the theory or you see something else that you can't explain, which leads to new theories. Yeah. And then that cycle is what is the history of science. Except I think,
4: so I think special and general relativity were, were sort of – I mean they were a little bit different. And I say, th- I say this as a, as a biased theorist because Einstein was sort of the canonical example of the theorist's triumph where you know special relativity was something that he saw in Maxwell's equations, equations that govern electricity and magnetism. Einstein and he, saw. Einstein okay. saw this and said, hey, there's this weird symmetry, and I think this should be a symmetry of physics. And it turns out that it, it, it essentially worked um, as long as you're not accelerating. And so the fact that accelerations came into things is what led to general relativity. And then from there, sort of computing... Um, The the, the fact that he was able to get the precession in Mercury's orbit and then... You know, people like Eddington were able to see the deflection of light and so on. And now we have a whole host of solar system tests, which I think sort of culminate sure. in this whole Taylor binary pulsar but that we I talked about I, earlier.
3: I, 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 com- I agree with Larry on everything, except for the fact that this is any different than the rest of the history of science. I would say that this is a shining example of what I'm talking about, that the well, guess, theory leads to experiment. Uh, that, I guess that was My question is true.
1: Is the observation came first. Hey, that's Well, weird. I think Why Jamie's is saying like the theory came first, Larry's saying the observation
0: no, came I'm first. Saying, oh, I'm no, I'm
3: saying I'm saying that there's okay. that it's a, it's totally the chicken and the egg. There's no, yeah. there's they no all kind of happen. First. It all it's a it's, it's just a cycle. It's an right. ongoing cycle that Well, happens. and if you, well, and actually it. If and if so you, like look, and you know, general relativity predicts that there should be gravitational waves and we go and see something that looks like the gravitational waves that seems to confirm the theory. So then we make a new experiment, which is LIGO where we're going to look for them and then certainly we're going to see things hopefully with LIGO. That will break some other theory, and we'll have to come up with new theories to explain that. And then the, but the, the, e- the, the, the you know it'll continue.
1: The egg is the fact that this is happening already. This is this is despite our lack of understanding of it. This is a natural law of the universe, right? That we right. just are having trouble defining. Well, this is what I
0: asked Jan 11 who she gave me a great explanation for I asked Jan 12 (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I asked why why is it that uh, she
3: she just made jokes about that Jan 11 Jan 11
0: that's what her (laughs) (laughs) can you give him comedy can you at least give him that can I have comedy
3: (laughs) yes it's all I have no, man, comedy, comedy is, you know, reflects reality of Jan 11. It
0: starts with the theory of the joke, and then you put it out there, and you see experimentally
3: if it works. You see, you see that other scientists... And then it doesn't, like, and then you have to come up with a new you joke. change but, the joke.
0: but she explained, uh, I, I sort of had a hard time wrapping my head around, like, why does classical physics apply at this certain scale, and then the, uh, um, 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 relativity apply at this other smaller scale? And she said, well, no... Relativity applies at all scales. It's just that the classical physics are an excellent approximation at the scales we're usually looking at. Right. They're actually wrong, but they're wrong by the tiniest amount at the scales we're usually looking noticeable. at. But right. it's not as, as if classical physics is even... I wouldn't
3: even call it wrong. It, it's just that it's, it's, you know, there's not enough decimal points. Right. It's, right. Not, it's not wrong. It's just that at the level we're looking, the classical theory applies perfectly good, well. Yeah. And then once you start to look in deeper, it starts to apply less and less well. And, and then you but, get but to I mean, some point where you're saying, oh, you know what, we need, a, we need a new theory to explain what's going on at these levels of precision that we're just now looking at.
2: But in theory, if you were calculating the trajectory of, like, a guy throwing a ball you should include special relativities modifier to the path but it like it'll come it'll be plus yeah, but zero, the, zero 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 right right right. the
3: the the general relativistic or special relativistic corrections to the ball throwing is right. gonna not essentially it's not gonna matter whether or not you catch the ball or not you know yeah
0: so it's not as if the universe is is uh fickle and it sometimes applies some rules sometimes applies others this is always consistent right, it's right, just right. we don't have the perfect single model to explain it at all levels in one right. equation right
3: that's the that's the holy grail of what physicists yeah. are doing is trying to make right. that single theory or, or that or try explains to find everything. the
1: segue try to find the 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 tying, the binding. Oh, rule. I thought you were going
3: to talk about the two wheel. <laughs> yeah, I thought. Two wheel uh, human yeah. transport thing. I
1: thought physicists came up with that, right? The Segway?
3: The Segway. But, they, sure. but, like,
2: they discovered
3: it. <laughs> yeah, right, we discovered the, we discovered the Segway. Right. Right. It's, we didn't experiment. they believed it might exist. Someone, yeah. someone then, thought it yeah, might. came from exist. some experiment. Then, we yeah. we detected
2: one in the lab. <laughs> yeah. In the base. They finally captured the Segway. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Kept it in a stable.
0: It was tough to get it to uh, to, to mate in captivity, yeah. but they finally Yeah, they
1: Yeah, they finally did it. I think. Um, segway is a it, but, failed
3: theory, isn't it? At
0: this point, <laughs> yes,
2: yeah, it's been disappointed.
4: Oh, it's a really great way to see Venice Beach. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but you have to wear a helmet. It looks like it's like going 12 not miles you, an not, hour. And you wear not helmet. if you know someone who had one, you got to borrow it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Have you been on a Segway? I've no. been on a Segway. Super they, fun. Are, they are incredible. They are really it's fun. 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 Yeah. They like. Uh, you spend the, f- I don't know, like, in person, you spend the first sort of minute or two going, oh god, I don't know what, and then it's just suddenly easy. It's and just and natural. Like, oh. It's
0: a no. natural motion of leaning, and you just can't believe it actually catches you if you go right. far enough, but it, it does. Hmm. Uh, so actually, I, there's something earlier on that I wanted to ask about that I didn't quite get. I thought the sole purpose of LIGO was to detect um, gravity waves from... Well I thought two black holes orbiting created these but also two two pulsars well two, two b- or, neutron two, stars it's basically, it's
3: fundamentally it's two really dense
4: massive things. Right but in it in a certain mass range. So there's so there's there's different phases when these dead stars so dead stars is what we're looking for basically okay. like so so neutron stars and black holes. I mean, there are other kinds of dead stars, but they're not as interesting to us mm-hmm. because they would they would break up gravitationally before they got interesting in our detector. Um, but yeah, so it's so it's basically um, small compact objects, right? So it's so it's like uh, neutron right. stars all have about the same mass, probably. Um, a, roughly 1.4 solar masses. And I say roughly in the astrophysical sense, because maybe, I don't know, maybe that number is actually three, whatever. It's
1: on the same scale. Yeah, the, that's right. Wait, what, yeah. What's a solar mass? Um, the mass? The mass of the, mass of the sun. sun. The mass of our sun. That's sort yeah. of
3: a unit that astronomers use I didn't to realize measure that was the a mass unit. of things. Right. Yeah. Okay.
1: And
4: then the black holes that we, that we typically talk about are maybe about 10 solar masses, but we actually, we are sensitive to To um, black holes that are larger, so maybe like a hundred solar masses and so on and so forth, but the the way that these things work right is that they so they spiral into each other and so this you know the the signal from this in gravitational waves is just sort of like this this sine wave that goes up and down, and then you get to this merger phase where these two objects are sort of
2: becoming one, and so maybe your sine wave Gets a few wiggles in it. So, again, this is all still interference. Like, it's all still the same thing as when you have two speakers playing the same thing and you move them around. Well, this is – so, this is actually – this is what the
4: gravitational wave signal the, that hits our um Yeah, this isn't, this isn't
3: exactly interference because y- you don't – there's no – if you just had a neutron star or a black uh-huh. hole by itself – it would not be emitting gravitational waves. There's no so there's no waves sort of? there. Yeah. Just the w- interference is, the, oh, is when will. you have two different waves that are interfering with each other. That's the thing that we're... we're u- that's, the, that's what you're using for LIGO. That, right. That's right. what we're using in LIGO to try to detect them. But the... But the um, the sources, the sources of them are not interfering gravitational waves. These are just the actual motion of the mass. You have this super dense mass that's moving around in some way. That's producing the gravity. Right. That's and producing the waves. You,
4: you need what's called a changing quadrupole. And so, in, in layman's terms, what the way to think about that is like a changing profile. So if you had two things that were orbiting each other and you looked at the profile, that would be changing in time. Right. And so there's a quadrupole moment. Or if you had... If you had a single neutron star that had a big bump on it as it was rotating, that would be a changing profile, and that would also generate gravitational waves.
0: But as it stands, a, a super dense thing just has a constant gravity, and no matter how massive exactly. it is. There's no that's change right. in its in exactly. its gravity, exactly. so it wouldn't be making waves, even even right.
4: if it's
2: rotating, right? right? Yeah, because it's, it's just rotating. Just on a itself, sphere. Because so
3: when you look at it, it doesn't. You don't necessarily. This right. has to, to
2: be something that's asymmetrical that's yes. moving. Yes, exactly. That's right. Exactly. That's right. And that's that's the sort of
4: changing profile. So, so that gives right. it a wobble. So, yeah. So an example.
1: Why don't Actually, you, why don't a you super you to my girlfriend's face? <laughs> 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 don't you? you, why don't you wanna, bring her over here? <laughs> why don't you guys? Uh, why don't you shoot her into your little laser lab there? And uh, yeah, that's gonna—you're gonna find some some distance changes there. <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> we got your distance changes.
3: Sexism is going to be the new thing to get you on. Saturday. Sexism, uh, that's right, uh,
1: but only only apply to the most highbrow subjects. Yes, yeah. <laughs> that's, uh, <laughs> that's where, where it's most relevant, as it turns out. <laughs>
0: but so I thought there would be. So everything you're looking at has is periodic, is, is a wave. Like the, what well, you're hoping to detect is there's no single events. You're not looking for any like cataclysmic. Ex- except yeah. that
4: these are cataclysmic events, right? So, that, so when, once, once you go both, from this in spiral to merger, and then these things, during merger, they kind of become one thing. And then it turns out it's probably you know, just some weird space-time deformation, and so it gives out a big burp and it rings down sort of like when you strike a bell and it just decays it, right. but it has yeah. A, yeah. yeah but these but these these waveforms only last a certain period of time and that period of time depends on the mass of the system involved so for for two binary neutron stars in advanced LIGO that would last you know 20 or 30 minutes or something like that but for for really heavy black holes that might last a few seconds
3: right because oh, okay. you, we also, you
4: only see parts of that yeah but we are also
3: looking for things we're also looking for constant sources of gravitational waves and so that might be something like a star with a big bump on it like a big zit or a mountain and that spinning you know that has a profile you know what Larry was talking about in the profile if you look at something like a sphere with a big mountain on the side of it spinning around that has a profile like a wobbly profile mountains are millimeters long in this case and and that (laughs) that could that would emit like a constant stream of gravitational waves that would exi- you know, persist over a long period of time, That's and right. so we can okay. we can look for that too, or we can look for gravitational waves from the early universe that would would just be a constant background. That's right, as or
4: well. or in lots, it, so many individuals. How
1: would you know? If it was constant, well, um, if it's just
3: yeah, that's a, so that's, a good, yeah. that's a good. It's a constant really wave. It's not question. a constant. No, no, no. But it's still a good question. If you have a constant, if you have a constant wave that's hitting, how would you know that you're seeing There's, something as opposed to? Just
1: I thought like, I thought finding finding the variation, finding the glitch, was the whole key.
4: Well, so if you right. if. So the thing is is that our detectors are separated okay. by, by a long distance, right? So there's one up at the yeah, Hanford Nuclear tutors. Reservation where they made all the plutonium for
5: sure.
0: the Manhattan oh, Project. up in uh, the Tri-Cities in Washington? Yeah. Yes. Oh, I've done some gigs there. They're the <laughs> <worse>. Really? <laughs> it's one of the worst places yeah. to do comedy. terrible. terrible
3: right. right here, man. That's and where I spend all of my time when <laughs> I go out there. It's you you more of a
0: Pasco guy or a Kennewick? Where do you like to Richland. Richland, Richland. Richland, oh, okay. yeah. To oh, give some background to the listeners, <laughs> this is a town where the entire city was a government project so there's no history like when you go there you're like where's the downtown there is no downtown this was created just for the Manhattan yep. Project and then afterwards the, the government was like okay you guys can have this back as an actual city so it has no character to it whatsoever right. yeah, it was exactly. just like barracks it's the worst and place to do that, comedy exactly. and
1: then after that a karaoke bar decided yeah. to have a one nighter a karaoke it's,
0: bar that's also a bowling alley and a casino and a comedy club and a dance worst. club yeah. it's, it's the worst it's the worst combination.
4: Ever. it sounds like the best place and <laughs> everything everything
0: I, is named for the fact that there is this history of of uh, the, the, atomic, right. the atomic the right. atomic brew pub is yep. my
3: favorite place to hang. Atomic out Atomic
0: bowling rich. alley. The the mascot of the local high school is literally a mushroom cloud. <laughs> I'm not kidding.
3: I'm not kidding. Wow. Let's go. Yeah. No, Everybody's that's so got funny. Yeah, that's where, that's where when I go up to work on the. the I'm going to go up there in a couple weeks, actually. But that's where I wow. yeah. we hang out. Yeah. That's, so there's a there's a subterranean
1: yeah. giant.
0: It's out. not subterranean. Well, it actually sits surface.
3: on the it sits on the surface oh, okay. of the earth, but it's that's out. A good football team though. The, the Richland terrible mistakes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. they're, they're the the two headed children. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, but that's oh, it. The there's humanity a humanity middle school. The I
1: am become death. Spartans. <laughs> Destroyer of worlds. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, but there's a big government <laughs> thing, like out, you know, big plot of land out in the middle of the desert, outside of the Tri Cities, where we have one of the detectors. That's right. oh, okay, and, so, and then
4: there, there's another one down in Louisiana, and these and these things are so and two there's very odd places. There's a, a European this. effort as well. Uh-huh. In, um, so it's so a Japanese effort. So you with all the different countries as well doing this. Yeah, we do. Yeah. We, have, we
3: have collaborations with the other detectors.
2: We do. We're
4: the... we're kind of winning. Nice. We're, yeah, we're way, we're a, way better than everybody a, else.
3: Um, for sure. Well, we we've been doing it longer, so that's to, to well. We're fair. to be fair, we're also just better.
5: <laughs> <laughs>
0: but I thought you said, and not to. Uh, I hate to like throw a wrench in the works. Didn't you say you have yet to actually detect anything you're hoping to detect? Well, be but or we're we, still we better at better detecting nothing than the rest right. of
1: the people
3: are. That's right. So
1: I, if everything you're, you're trying to detect is, you're getting more stability.
3: We're yeah, we've we're just a little bit farther along in our detectors, so we've they're more. Sensitive than the other detectors that exist. Okay. The, then I mean, the, the, the our, our closest collaborator is the detectors French are getting so Italian. sensitive these days. You know, <laughs> it's like just <laughs> chill out. <laughs> yeah, the, the French Italian collaboration is our sort of closest Virgo. collaborator, Virgo, and they have a detector. Which is very, which is good, but yeah. they're not quite as sensitive as our. Well, It's such a Virgo. Yeah. Never sensitive.
4: <laughs> That's right.
3: Well, it'll it'll never be as sensitive because
4: it's actually smaller. They're, they've got three kilometer arms, and we've got four yeah. kilometers. So oh, oh I thought, I thought you were bigger. saying
1: because it had been molested. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, just never, it's just got those walls up. It's never going to be <laughs> it's, it's, Guys, it's, I'm so sorry that I'm. No, I'm so sorry. <laughs> so sorry. They, come back, you guys. Come back, please. Don't apologize
3: because <laughs> yeah. you're going to be the one on Saturday Night Live. <laughs> right. These guys no. are just going to be considering the city. We're in the backyard in the valley, asking forever. questions about science. <laughs>
0: um, so what I don't get though is everything you're looking for is is a wave? It has some periodic, has some periodicity to it. Then why can't you just like anything that that's just one of those clicks? It's one of those short-term changes. Why can't you just rule those out? Right. Well, so, because so that's, that's what we're looking that's, for a click.
4: Well, no, that's what we do though, right? So this is this is, this is a Scientists point that I was getting at. Is yeah. that our so our detectors are so widely separated yeah. that you know if somebody's walking down the hall in. In Louisiana, that should probably not be coincident with somebody walking down the hall in in Hanford. So you can combine the information that you get from these widely separated detectors. And that that turns out to be an incredibly strong test because because of the fact that, you know, you you have these two different sites and you know, or you think you know, granted we haven't detected these things, Uh how, how they should each individually respond to a gravitational wave. And so that that allows you to do a test to ask is are you seeing the same thing in both detectors right because okay. it
3: should be you know Chances. randomly in the noise of the detectors periodically there are Glitches that l- look like they could be the signal from, you know, two binary black holes colliding. Okay. But, and if you just had one detector on its own, you would never be able to distinguish whether or not this particular glitch is from a gravitational wave or from just some instrumental artifact. So if you have two that are really widely spaced such that they should never, well, they will randomly have two you know this they will randomly have two clicks that happens in both detectors that will both look like the same signal and then would look like a gravitational wave but it happens so infrequently and we ha- we do all this crazy statistics and right. stuff like that to try to figure out how frequently two random clicks would happen in the two detectors that are thousands of miles <laughs> apart from each other to look like a gravitational wave but you know we can we can Okay. do the statistics right. and to it, figure it, it, out
4: how often that happens. And if you're looking for something like binary neutron stars which lasts tens of minutes, it's you, you, you don't see tens of minutes long right. coincidences between right, right, right. That's statistically between. significant right. if
0: you see that happening. Yeah, exactly. both I mean that would be around. that
4: would that, that would actually just be interesting
1: period, right? right. Like, like you right. Would, what the hell is this? There's right. sort, sort of like a flash weird... mob thing yeah. happening yeah. in both towns. That's right. Yeah, right. <laughs> now, uh, in all the movies which is a terrible way to start a
2: question. <laughs> They're all right. <laughs> no, in all the movies, when gonna, someone... Is this like, going to be like who would win in a fight between Batman and Superman again? No, no.
1: <laughs> again. We settled that, and it, I'm sorry it came to blows. Um, <laughs> I, no, okay, in all the movies, when someone discovers uh, alien life or something something big like that... Um, it always happens in the middle of the night where it's just one guy at the lab. Oh yeah, yeah. and he's asleep. <laughs> Tears he, off his headphones. Yeah, like, yeah, he hears a Marie? beep. <laughs> no, he hears he hears a beep. He's asleep, and you see like he has some like takeout food next to him, and then he and then he sort of like has like a donut in his mouth, and he's like furiously typing, and then and then like wheels across the floor to a phone and calls up <laughs> Nevada to see if they got the same signal.
0: And it's Philip Seymour Hoffman, right? It's Philip Seymour Hoffman, and
1: then uh, yeah, and maybe Jeff Goldblum's like in Nevada. <laughs> What, okay, let's so
4: say. Philip Seymour you, Hoffman does work for us. Just, just, <laughs> just, just, just so if that's the question. <laughs> no. no, oh, no oh, oh, okay, go, go on. Go on.
1: What I'm saying is, what is the. It sounds like there are so many. Yeah, that's many, all bullshit. Uh, oh, sure. It sounds, like, <laughs> it sounds like there are so many things that can just be interference. That it sounds like you'd be very skeptical of your own findings if you did find. Oh something. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. What does that have- test process look like? So we let's say it happens. We let's say did it happens this today.
4: We did this. We did this uh, a few years ago. We we because we're masochists. Mm-hmm. We have this thing called the, the blind <laughs> injection challenge, right? So where where uh, a a secret cabal? It, they're not so secret. We all know their names, but there's like you know a handful of people go in and either put a secret signal in or not right just randomly at oh. some time and this is and, and we actually as a collaboration we carried this through because it's sort of an interesting sociological it
3: experiment is a totally interesting social in fact sociologists have studied this exact thing that Larry is talking about which yeah. we've done it's so-
2: like a fire drill yeah, kind it's of, it's more
3: intense.
4: Of. Except it it occupies a lot of people's time yeah, for I a mean, we, long time. I yeah. mean, there's, there this were there were thousands of, thousands of man hours at our just meetings. just put into this, and so so we we had this this signal that went in, and it was sort of like, oh shit, do we see this? I mean, we all knew about the blind injection challenge, but actually, it was it was really impressive. People kind of. Put down whatever it is that they were working on and did a bunch of extra tests. And, you know, we put this thing through the ringer and we actually wrote a paper that, you know, if we, we were going to have. The,
3: As if uh, we had actually seen something.
4: That's right. And if if,
3: if it you turned thought out, you did. Yeah. Well, we just have to. Pre- the whole point is to pretend like we did. The whole point is to say, okay, because because we don't know if this is a fake signal or not, right? And it let's, looks like a real signal. That's the sake, whole yeah. point. And so we we just treat it as if we've actually seen a signal and we go through the whole the whole process of how we would verify that it's actually a real signal and then we Getting you know, a thousand open people to
4: agree on something turns out to be a really hard problem.
3: Especially a thousand scientists we are all a bunch of hard headed assholes. Like, like, like,
1: when look. you find the signal, does something start beeping?
3: Well, no. no, that's the, that's the bullshit. <laughs> is part. there a
4: red that's light? The there part. must be a red light. But we can yeah. change that. We can change that. We we can. We may,
3: yeah, we, yeah. In 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 the new in the new era that we're 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 heralding right now, it's possible that we're we're. So in the past, don't have a wheelie chair either like, like we have wheelie chairs. Okay. Oh yeah, you we have, have totally wheelie totally chairs. Okay. Uh, so uh, wheelie that's chair. important. We have the takeout food. We have the dude sleeping in the control room. <laughs> we have all of that aspect of. And in the Oh yeah, you gotta have Hendrix in the background. No, but they're the, cool. In the, in the past, when we've done our we've, – when we've taken data in the past, when we've gotten our detector good enough and we, we sit there and we let it go for a while and we're waiting for stuff to happen, the, the, the way that – sort of the process was to take data and then once we'd gathered all the data to analyze it in one fell swoop sort of after the fact. Uh-huh. So we take all the data – we analyze it after the fact because the the analyzing it was very like it 's computationally intensive. it takes a lot of you know we have these big supercomputer clusters where we sure. analyze all the data, but it all happened after the fact so if you were sitting in the control room at that when there was this signal happened, you wouldn 't have no. known it because right. the signal is so small that you don 't detect it unless you, until you 've done all this crazy sure. supercomputer analysis on it to figure it out right. but right. in the new in the modern age we 're Getting to the point now, where we're analyzing the signals as they happen, right? So we're 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 taking the data from the detectors, and we're we you know we've got all this sophisticated stuff where we're bringing them together in one supercomputer cluster, and then like analyzing them immediately. Uh-huh. And it, the whole point is to try to detect very quickly to see if we see something, so that Larry, yeah, this, this is what Larry's
4: been working on. This is this is what I. Do most of the time, so that so that we can alert astronomers, right? So it's sort of, it's uh to if you know if two things are if a neutron star is colliding with something like it's probably going to make a pretty big explosion, right. and if you can see it in both bands, then you can do more science, right?
3: So if you see it with gravitational waves, and then you say, okay, we we did all this crazy analysis, and we think that the gravitational wave is coming from some particular point in space some and we point, point a telescope like- over there. Some you know, the tel- we don't do we don't operate the telescopes. Yeah. But if we tell our collaborators, hey, you've got a telescope, look at that point in space. Do you see an explosion? And they see an explosion, it, it in exactly that point in space, that would be very strong evidence that what we're seeing in the it's stronger evidence that what we're seeing was actually right. some astronomical. Is that the event.
0: best case scenario? Is that the holiest that's, of holiest? Yeah. totally the best for... case but scenario. It turns out it's hard, right? It's, yeah, because this, hard. this
4: this analogy with like having an ear, like really, really is. Um, pretty apt here, right? Because if, you, if you, know, you think about this, right? If you drop something far away, you're like, it's over there. Right, right. right. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. If, it, if it happens really close, maybe you have a better idea. But So if you, oh, if okay, you just yeah. see things in our gravitational wave detectors, essentially all the information about where it comes from in the sky is triangulation. Right, so it's sort of like you know in the movies where you know again use we a have, to have multiple detectors to do, and this. and then they triangulate on the towers. Except gravitational waves don't care about the Earth, so it could be coming from above or below, and so the best you know in the in the optimum in the optimal sort of scenario with like three detectors, yeah, maybe what
1: do they care about?
4: Yeah.
2: Gravitational <laughs> <The laughs> waves pass through Not the earth us. completely unchanged. Yeah,
3: yeah, absolutely. Yeah, they just pass through everything.
4: Absolutely. They just I mean they just they it, they are ripples in space and time. Just right. so they don't really care <laughs> about the matter. They well, don't they don't uh let, disperse that way. So sorry, what was the best case scenario with the well the way they'd be oriented? You know, on, I I think so that right now the party line is that you know, some large fraction of the sky, right? If you think about how telescopes work, they point most of them point at sort of very small regions, there's some, some larger telescopes, but to identify an electromagnetic counterpart from a gravitational wave event, is it, you, you'd essentially be pointing at like maybe 100 square degrees or 200 or mm. 400, I mean just, it's hundreds of square degrees and it turns out that if you look at hundreds of square degrees, you're going to see a lot of stuff. A lot yeah. of stuff. So the universe is It's huge. it's it's a really hard problem that we're we're yeah. trying to get around um with
0: just because you yeah. don't have enough spatial distance between these detectors to have the great yeah, stereoscopic sort of and you, sort and of you also don't have the, the the
3: signal we're looking for is so small that it's actually buried in the noise of the detector. That's why we need these supercomputers right. to try to suss it out, right? God. And so, if the signal was strong enough, then you would maybe be able to localize better. But because it's, it's weak and, and the detectors are not, you know, really far away from each other, it's hard to localize. And so you point a telescope into this big region of the sky and you actually see a bunch of shit exploding right. because there's stuff exploding in the universe all over the place. So yeah. there's,
4: there's kind of a cool way of, of, of visualizing this, right? So if you have two detectors, they, they form a line through the Earth. And the best the best you can localize things on the sky is a ring that's symmetric about that line. And if you have three detectors, they make a plane through the surface of the Earth. And the best you can do is essentially either above or below that plane, and if you have four, then you can maybe get one blob in the sky.
0: Okay, and so we, it would take four to really. If you had if you had perfect instrumentation, everything was perfect. It would still take four to pinpoint the exact well, location to, in
2: to, space to really, uh, really to, do to make it well. The blob
3: small. To, yeah. Yeah. yeah, the whole well, yeah, point is to makes, try to make the blob small enough. That,
2: that makes sense because on a, like if you're talking about triangulating on a flat surface, like on a, on a map, you need three you need three ta- triangulation towers to know exactly where you are on a map right. mm-hmm. and that's on a 2D sphere so you need a fourth right. one to get the f- right. that's right to right. so right. get 3 right.
4: so you, you can think of each pair as producing this ring
5: uh-huh.
4: and then if you have three there's two pa- there's two rings and in the intersection of those two sure. rings and if you have four the intersection of those four rings is essentially one spot oh, okay. but but that spot could still be larger than your average telescope right but there's but there's a lot to gain from this right because it's sort of like you know it's it's like studying thunder and lightning together right they're they're connected mm-hmm. so whereas you know astronomers can look at things and they can say okay this came from this kind of galaxy and maybe it lives around this neighbor. It, they learn a lot about demographics, right? Like the kind of neighborhood, the people it's been hanging out with. Whereas we're like, we can see into their souls.
5: <laughs> I don't know where
4: Larry just? Went with that. Yeah, that's all. But but, uh, but like the kinds of we 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 know. I mean, gravitational waves tell you a lot about what's actually happening there uh-huh. and the source that's producing that. Whereas you know, traditional astronomy. Is more just like kind of uh, what's on
3: the surface.
4: Yeah you, yeah, you just you kind of you can make a map. You can make a good map,
1: okay. you know, and be Bro, like, "Oh, it's going to be so sick when you guys find one." It's going to be awesome. What is the party going to
3: be like? Yeah. When... <laughs> Walk us I don't through know, what but happens. I'm sort of that's now gonna imagining that's going to happen in this crazy <laughs> backyard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
2: party like a Lego potty. Okay. <laughs> yeah. you, you guys are offering to
4: host,
1: right? Yeah. Yes, of course. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, absolutely. So um, wait, I hate
0: to even ask this after you've uh, talked about all the work that's gone into this, but three like, inches, if, Andy.
1: If you, <laughs> I, we ask all of our
0: guests. We have a chart. We, it's out in the back there. Uh, you just, always the same a answer. It's My you can, roommate. You've seen it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's for you. <laughs> yeah. Wait. If you build the million mile version of this, you still only have one detector. So then there's no. No triangulation, well, no. Right? Or, so yeah, but, uh, it
4: turns out that yeah. that works a little bit differently because you, you can so because because it's so large you can see a different frequency range so you can see much much lower frequencies so the sources that you're looking at you can follow them for much longer before they actually merge oh, okay. and you can use the fact that you're orbiting. To get a much more precise region oh, on the sky. Oh, because the thing
0: itself is moving. It's self- yeah, is self- so, yeah.
4: that's right. That's right. So, so you're 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 observing the same thing from different uh, as you go along the orbit. So you can you can do a lot better.
1: Now, uh, th- this is probably way more of a again macro question, but I'm I'm an idiot. Um, <laughs>
3: Stoner's Dream is. Yeah. <laughs> no, man. I, I really... He's uh, sober, Larry. He's sober. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, no, I'm really also... Do <laughs> we have to talk about sober in regards to weed? That doesn't seem It right. seems weird
0: to call that yeah, sober or not sober mm-hmm. weed-wise. Right.
3: It makes it sound like there's an epic story it's that there wasn't.
1: <laughs> 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 um, but... No, no. I just... Uh, it was one week I fell asleep so hard. <laughs> <Yeah>.
3: <laughs> <laughs> that was my rock bottom. Yeah. I didn't wake up until 11. <laughs> uh,
1: <laughs> I knew things had to change. <laughs> I went back to school. Um... Are you aware of space-time shifts as you're in them? Like you were talking about how this would just pass through the Earth unnoticed. Mm-hmm. Is that the weirdest question that lacks the basic understanding of how anything works? What no. you are trying to
0: detect is when it passes through.
1: All but but, no, but no, I'm no, saying no, you no, can observe it from the outside. But I'm saying are we just constantly rippling ourselves? Yeah, the but, yeah but they're small it's just, so small very that it's just small.
3: yeah, it's just so small that it's not. I mean, the, ten a, to the minus example, twenty-one, man. Sure. Yeah. I sure. mean, another another a similar thing is that you know uh, neutrinos, which is and it's, it, you know, it's kind of a similar type thing, where they're looking for neutrinos, which are these subatomic particles that interact very weakly with stuff, and we expect that there are neutrinos coming from stuff like the sun, from supernova explosions. And those things produce massive amounts of neutrinos that just pass through the Earth completely. Right you know, without interacting with anything and the su- So the sun right now is emitting just massive amounts of neutrinos. And these things are just passing through us completely. Just, we don't detect them at all. And so it, it's sort of similar like that. And so we, we built, you know, they, they built these very sensitive neutrino detectors to try to detect these things. And you know, so they know when they're, they'll see like one event and that means that like a quadrillion neutrinos just pass through their detector. Now, I,
1: I don't mean to, um, but it might yeah, be do. a nice bookend. I don't know. <laughs> uh, how, how are they able to pass through? I mean, that kind of relates to our... Oh, uh, it does. Oh, oh spring yeah. no, That's all perfect.
4: That's perfect. And well, that was very very well done. That's, that's beautiful. Because, well, so neutrinos and... Don't that's touch that's my
1: leg.
3: <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> just, Larry gets very excited about this stuff. Just a little bit? Just a
4: little bit? Anybody? Anybody for a just leg touch? the side. Touch? Save the it side. for
0: the chalkboard. Uh, <laughs> right, Let's
4: right, turn right, the mics right, off right, first right. before we get into But the... Y- you know, because, because they are, they, I mean, neutrinos don't possess any properties that make them interact strongly with right. matter. they're right? not charged, so they're no they electrically have really charged. tiny amount of mass. Right, so there's, there's, the, the, the way that but things, they can
3: still
1: make it through those fields
3: right because they don't that field is the like what we were talking about at the beginning that's the electromagnetic field because you have the electron which has a positive charge the nucleus which has I mean excuse me the nucleus has a positive charge the electron has a negative charge the neutrino has no charge so it doesn't doesn't interact with that field so it just sees the free space
1: isn't the field neutral though well, the, the field, no, no, the, field yeah. Yeah. The, yes. the field has it, like the a. The atom maybe. is
3: neutral. The atom is that's
1: the whole right. atom is neutral. Okay, from
2: when you're outside of the it. Field right. okay. outside so of the field is like, a yeah. <laughs> fucking okay. mess. So the magnetic field affects things that are charged, and the gravitational force field affects things that have mass. A mass. But it that's has not exactly and, right. Correct. I mean, the or neutrino
3: has, actually has a mass, but it's just such a small mass that it basically doesn't feel force of gravity.
4: I mean, gravity is gravity is. Pretty wimpy anyway, yeah, right? Like, the only the reason we know forces. anything about it is because we live on a big hunk of matter. Right.
2: Yeah, in the same way, I guess, it, like a tiny, tiny fridge magnet can counteract the entire gravitational pull yes. of the earth. Exactly.
4: That's right. You can right. rub a uh, you know, like a, a balloon on your head and stick it on the wall. Right. And that's that's, that's a, a, non- and electric, and, it just, and it you defy force, so. gravity yeah. Yeah. and this is the thing that we're spending our
0: careers <laughs> <Yeah>. on. So <laughs> no I mean that's I, I
1: think that's as, as noble endeavor as any. I mean that's a that's a huge um, it pays the bills. It's so a huge breakthrough. It's
0: literally studying a wrinkle in time to bring it back to a book that was one of my favorites as a kid. Yes. Really? Yeah. Wrinkle in Space Time. Did you like that book? A Wrinkle in Time? I'm Save just saying time. like like they're studying sort of like wrinkle, not wrinkle, well, you know, no, changes in space time. You, yeah, you didn't like it? I thought it was a little cheesed out. I haven't read it since I was like 10, but I remember it being good. I don't know. Did you guys read that? Yeah. No. It was a kid's book. Was it Was it good? I Well, when I was that young, I, I thought, thought so. I think it was good. <laughs> I tried I will, to get into some When physics, Larry
3: was a know? child, he thought that book was a <laughs> <laughs> Well, I, I haven't read it since <laughs> then.
0: But Neither have I. Let's
4: go find a copy. You know what I re-read though? I
1: reread The Giver, and it holds up. Really? Yeah. Oh, I'm thinking of the giving tree. What's the giver? The giver's like a crazy... It's, uh, it's sci-fi-ish. It's like a dy- it's like a kids book about a dystopian future. It's like the most My bummer. favorite kind of kids
0: book. Yeah, that's yeah. a really
3: good thing to teach kids about. I'm being serious. <laughs> yeah, that. yeah. real doll. That's this is what best. your future is going to look like if you continue to fuck up in the same way that we have <laughs> stop been. Stop fucking <laughs> up,
0: kid. <laughs> yeah, Don't be such a that's fucker. the lesson of today's episode. Yeah. We'll detect some gravity waves and stop fucking up. Yeah. I uh, like that. That's... that's probably as good a point as any to to wrap things up.
2: Are, yeah, we've talked for quite we've <laughs> you for quite a while just explaining. We really appreciate it. That was everything you. It. You've been <laughs> well, feeding us beer. Yeah. I got nowhere else Time, to go because I was into it. <laughs> um, you know what I, mean? I hope
4: we were able to feed some stoner dreams. Yeah, I think seriously. you did.
0: I think you did. Jamie Rollins, Larry Price. Do you guys have any anything that you'd like to to plug? Is there a uh, place people what, can find yeah, you on, can the, on Twitter? Find
2: out on about you and find out more stuff.
3: Oh my goodness. I'm Doctors. not on I'm not on social media, so
2: are any of your projects Doctors in Jamie the public
0: domain?
3: LIGO LIGO.org. LIGO.org. L I G O dot O R G. That's where you can go and find and that out all of, Cal- of the-
2: You guys are affiliated with Caltech, right? Or- yes, yeah. we're we're
3: both employed by Caltech. And but the and the experiment the LIGO experiment is a you know international collaboration it's it's basically run by caltech and mit and then we have you know another hundred universities that are all contributing we let the
0: rest of the world pretend like they're doing exactly (laughs) that is totally the
3: attitude that we take
2: uh so um oh I also might as well put in another plug given that sh- she was the reason that we ended up meeting you guys yep. was uh, uh I finished Jana Levin's uh, novel Madman Dreams of Turing Machines and really uh, enjoyed nice. it. Oh, I yeah. give that a read Excellent. if you fancy Yeah, we something.
3: can give a shout out to Jana for yeah. sure. Um, hey, she's responsible for a lot of dubious no, no, no. <laughs> well if <laughs> Not listeners. No if yeah.
0: listeners want to go back and listen to the episodes uh, with Jana and also with Dr. Sean Carroll, you can find Sean's episode was episode seventy eight and Jana's was seventy three, and those are both on probably science.com, the newly revamped site. Which yeah, and- you can stream episodes from in addition to being able to subscribe through iTunes or any of your podcast subscription.
2: And as always, things. any questions, comments, I always I normally I always say clarifications, but I think this time we actually have experts on so it's kind of (laughs) nice normally we get things wildly wrong and then real scientists write in and go actually (laughs) Africa's (laughs) a continent (laughs) I thought it was just a song (laughs) (laughs) and and a fragrance (laughs) it's a real place
1: very offensive
2: (laughs) <laughs> uh, so, uh, <laughs> is as always email us probably science at gmail.com you can tweet us at probably science and uh write nice things about us on itunes subscribe to the podcast if you don't already um give us nice little ratings and if you want to donate we're always extremely grateful when people click on the donate button yep. on the website and help us run this thing um so thank you very much for listening and thank you uh so much uh doctors larry price and uh, jamie rollins oh thank you so much yeah. For yeah. thanks you. for having us guys it was, super us, super guys. It was yeah. a pleasure
0: thanks for coming and we will see you next week